the paper. James chapter 5, verses 7 through 11. 7, 11, 7 through 11. Let's go there. Please read with me here. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop patiently, waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient. Look to your neighbor, tell him, be patient. And stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. It's near. Don't grumble. Oh, really look to your neighbor. Don't grumble. Come on, somebody. You know your neighbor does it. Not anyone here. Against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door to heaven. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. My title this morning is Standing Strong in due season. And as you're seated this morning, find three people and tell them, how you doing? How you doing? Take your seats, tell them, how you doing? And if they look at you funny, say, forget about it. Forget about I don't know. Y'all can take your seats. <laughs> oh, I was like, do I do the Anthony thing on church? Is it, is it not pastor-like? It just comes out, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Standing strong in due season. Man, that was some good worship. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This Sunday coming up, we're having an Easter egg hunt right after church. Come on, somebody. Come on, it took me four years to do an egg hunt because I don't like bunnies, but I'll do the eggs, okay? I try to keep it in the Bible, but we want to have some fun too. And I love those Cadbury eggs. Right out here, and man, I think I hurt my back, praising God or something. What is going on with my lumbar right now? Sorry, guys. Got to stretch it out. And one, and two, and three, and four, and five. Okay, seriously. Um, I'll get to the ibuprofen in a while. We're having an egg hunt in the grass next to the building. It's cool. We get to do it in our own property. I mean, the Elks Lodge grass. Well, it's close to our property. They won't know. It's for the Lord. We've got about 1,100 eggs, and that sounds like a lot, but seriously, it sounds like a lot, but last year we did 12,000, and how long did it take for the 12,000 to be gone? About 30 seconds, and I almost got killed in the process by these crazy people. I said, I'm never doing that again. Praise, praise God for Grace River who did the stadium. They're cray-cray. I hope they're blessed big for that because security would have been a nightmare. We're going to do 1,100. They'd probably do 50,000 or something from a helicopter, which is super cool, by the way. Also, we've got a game night o, o group. How many know what an O group is? An O group is what we call, basically what a church calls a small group. It's, it's, we have O groups. We have a couple going right now. We've got men's Bible study on Monday. And now we've got a new game night kicking off monthly. Give it up for Zach, who's taking charge to put together a game night. It's just a, it's at Alpha and Omega Coffee in uh, St. Charles County and. It's just a fun time, so you can go on our 1cchurch.org slash ogroups and sign up. Go play some games. Relax a little. Take a breather. Life is good. Or you can talk to Zach, and he can give you more details. 
How many know what today is, by the way? If Sunday is Easter, then what would today be? Palm Sunday, hand palm, no, palm leave Sunday. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord today. Y'all remember Jesus had to go there before he could be on the cross? What kind of firm stance did he have on his season to walk in on a donkey, excuse me, ride in on a donkey, knowing what was coming he already knew? Hosanna in the highest, they shouted. And the reason we call it Palm Sunday is because some of them threw their jackets if they had one. Not my north face, but I would have stuck with the palm leaves, Vincent, because that's too nice for Jesus. Oh, did I say that? Some threw their jackets and some threw palm leaves off the trees to, to pave a way for the prince of peace, and they knew who he was. And so as he came down the path into Jerusalem, they shouted, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And that takes place today in our observation. So good. I thought it might be good starting next year to actually preach about Palm Sunday on Palm Sunday because I've only forgotten the last four years. So next year, I'll have a Palm Sunday, Palm Sunday themed message. But today, we just wanted to mention that. That passage was James, the half-brother of Jesus. Did y'all know that? The book of James? That's his half-brother. He knew him close. That's why I really, I listen good in the scriptures, but I listen extra good to James. Because he knows his brother. We're talking about standing strong in Due season. Due season is the appropriate times. When do we stand strong? You know, preachers say go. Preachers say stay. God says wait. God says move. Like, I'm so confused as a Christian. What do I do with myself? I'm going to try to give you some clarity on that. We, we preach all the time about standing in the things of God. I'm waiting on the Lord. That's a, that's a cultural uh, deception if we interpret it the way we understand wait. We're going to wait for what God has in store for us. And that is super relevant to be patient and faithfulness. But how do we handle the weight of what comes next once we've entered into the new season God has blessed us with? God gives us something new. Now what do we do? There's waiting involved in everything good. Every goal takes waiting. And it's hard to stay satisfied when we are always trying to create a new milestone. You can just ask Nate, I'd drive him crazy, or goal to reach. Personal goal setting is a great thing, but will we always be waiting no matter how fast our journey takes us? How will we handle the weight? I shouldn't have wore a hoodie today. It's April, Pastor. It was chilly. Waiting is a part of progression, that sounds counterintuitive. This is good. Waiting is a part of progression. How do you wait while moving? Progressive is movement. As we are never standing still but moving forward at all times, even when movement looks like a standstill. Thank you, YMCA. Even when movement feels like a standstill. Thank you, Liberty High School. Even when, anybody getting this? Even when movement feels like a standstill, thank you, Regal Theater, twice. God, just do something already. I prayed that a lot. He says, shame on you. Waiting is progressive. 
don't doubt what I'm doing because it looks like it's nothing to you or not satisfying your impatient personality I gave you through your mother's womb. PJ, that's what God told me about two years in. I said, okay, this whole corona thing is going to get me together. I know it because it takes a lot of patience to continue progressing a church in a world that not only says stop, but says no to church. Contagious, bad. We don't want that. So not only are you fighting the movement of the world, but you're fighting the oppression and the hate at the same time. And so that will teach you patience in your way. But waiting is a part of progression. And we are never standing still, but moving forward at all times, even, as I said before, when movement looks like a standstill. So to yourself, I want you to say this right now. I will stand strong in due season. I will stand strong, come on, in due season. That means I'm gonna stand strong for God in the appropriate times that I'm supposed to stand strong no matter what the world tries to tell me to do different because we know the world is just as impatient as me. That's probably how I learned it. We're in a fast-paced culture, and if we wait three seconds or longer on a website, it's broke or it's loading. If we, wait, if we wait more than four seconds on a tablet and I'm five, it's broke. Give me another one, Dad. No, the battery's dead, and you're not on Wi-Fi. Let me fix that. Let me fix it real quick for you. Sorry, sorry. In the car, let me wreck the car while I'm turning on the Wi-Fi for my kid because that's smart. Priorities. I will stand strong in due season. I will wait. Now, I'm going to tell you to wait today, but don't take it the wrong way. I'm going to tell you to wait on God today, but make sure you take my definition of it when you leave, okay? Because I know some people, and they just waiting. They just keep waiting. They just keep, we, you know, like this building, we got this building, and it's like, woohoo, we got the building. And now what do we do? We wait. No, God, do it now. I was having a conversation with my brother. He goes, I didn't think you were doing all that that quick. I said, what do you mean? Like, why would we wait? So, and that's just, that's just my thing. And so I'm working on that. But, but what happens is, is every time you hit a milestone, you all of a sudden have to get to another one. You become complacent in what you have. And, and it's, like, it's like my problem with reading books through life. If I never actually take the time to read what's on the pages, I'll never know how to write the report good because I never really absorbed anything. So waiting is not doing nothing. Waiting is doing something with excellence in the season you're in. Make the most of it. There was times in the church where I couldn't do certain things I knew we could do later but I knew we couldn't do it yet. And we had to make the most with what we had at that moment and do it with excellence. So waiting is doing with everything God's put in your lap today, in your church, in your house, in your family, with excellent, makes the most of it because you're waiting on what God's gonna bring from it, but you're not doing nothing in the meantime. See the difference? I won't tell you someone in my family a long time ago says, I'm just waiting on the things of God. He was trying to get a job. Who'd you apply to? Well, I'm just waiting. You waiting for them to apply to you? It doesn't work like that. 
I mean, now it's internet. You just click it. When I was a boy, oh, geez, did I really say that in my 43? I used to have to, like, take the resume into the place and, like, hand it to somebody. Now I can do it like a thousand if I wanted. Like, I could automate that thing with some computer programming if I really wanted to. But I'm just saying, like, it's so easy, but we're still waiting on something. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about go after it. If it's not, it's not the, the season you want to stay in forever, that's okay, because the only way you're going to get to where you want to go is if you put everything into what you got right now. That wasn't hip-hop. It almost sounded like a rap or something. You will never get to where you want to go if you don't put everything that you have into right now. With school, with your relationships, with your church, with your homework. I never liked that. That's why I was a 2.0 high school career, Allison. 2.0 career GPA. Because I didn't like doing the work. Couldn't remember nothing because I didn't do anything. I don't know the Bible. I, I, I asked Camilla. Anybody see the video? <laughs> I, I asked Camilla who Jesus was and she just looked at me. She's three months, four months. I said, Camilla, do you know what Easter is? And we played crickets as she, we kept turning the camera to her. I thought it was funny. Cheap humor at the Gwaltney house. But wait is to do something. And now that we got this space, we are doing something with what we have now. At first it was like, let's wait till it's finished to use it. No, no. In order to finish it, you got to use it. You can't finish it first how do you know how to finish something you haven't started using? You don't know all the problems, and you gotta get to, you gotta get to know the place to know how to make it better. You gotta get to know with what God's trying to do for you in this season to know why you're asking him to take you to the next thing. Man, you know how many times I would have fallen hard if I just got right to the end of where I asked God to take me? Hard. In year one, we acknowledged our pillars. I remember calling up some people on stage because a realization came that without these pillars of leadership we had in our church, we would never be able to support where we are now. We would never be able to support this. We would never be able to support where we're going. So that season was appropriate to make the best of and wait for the next thing. And that's what God did. He kept delivering. Someone here today needs to hear this. To take a breath, relax, and just wait. Bless somebody with what you've been blessed with today. Take the coffee. Take the free coffee. Use the creamers. Like, like make the best of what you've been given. Play the drums. Isn't Mitch awesome? Because he plays with excellence, and so does Ben, and so does everybody up here. I'm not saying just Mitch. Mitch, you're the best. No, I'm just kidding. I'm saying when it's with excellence, it shows. And guess what God does to you? He takes you somewhere when you do it with excellence. David wasn't king before he was living for God in a, in a king-like way as a shepherd boy. You know, it was, it was the opposite. He got promoted by the world last when God had already saw him as king. So God sees your potential where you're at if you're willing to operate in this season of wait with excellence. The best is when you get someone from the outside coming in to contaminate your waiting experience. Well, you should just take it off course this way. And you should just, I said this before, I'm going to say it again. Don't take advice from someone who has no experience in what they're saying to you. That's good. 
Everybody has something to say, but if they don't know what they're talking about, why would you take it into your garden? You know? And then treat it, treat it equal with like maybe your mom or dad or someone who has some life experience who actually has been there and done that. And one day you wake up and go, oh man, my mom and dad were right. Anybody ever done that? You know? Outsiders will do that. They'll try to get you to compromise stuff. We built our house about nine years ago. Oh my Lord. Eight, nine, ten. We started almost ten years ago. And it was... Excuse me, I'm wiping my sweat with my hand, preacher-like. And uh, we built a custom home in 2012, moved in January 2013. And anybody that's ever built a home before, you pick out every single detail. Every detail. And when you've not done this before, the fear is, am I doing too much? What if I make a mistake? And so what will the world do? They will try to tell you, don't do that. Don't do that. Well, why not? I don't know. Just don't do it. Don't do that. Well, why not? Well, it's because I don't have that too. Like, like they will bring you down to their level because it's all they know. And I'm not saying it's, it's, uh, it's uh, intentional to be like, um, they're trying to hurt you with that. They just don't know. Like God says, I'm blessing you bigger. Go big. Go ahead and do that thing. So I'm telling you, so like we have regrets with our, like our home. The way we built our home then would be totally different if we redid it now because we had some, some track record to how it worked and we see things differently and we saw that we second guess things based on external influences instead of following our hearts. I know that sounds like totally superficial. I'm just trying to get this to connect with you that anything you do, anything you pursue, especially when it's new, oh, church plant life 101, especially when it's new, everybody comes in quick, tells you what you should do, and then they're out the door when you're left to do the work. You don't want to listen to them. You want to listen to the people who actually want to help you implement the thing they say is so great. And if it's really great, if it doesn't fail, then it was good. And if it did, they learned a lesson in the process too. Isn't that good? You got to fail to grow, but you got to be careful whose plans you, you incorporate into God's vision that you are asking God to give you, and then you're letting jo John Doe tell you how to live for God, who, who hasn't been to church in five years and doesn't even own a Bible and doesn't even have internet to download an app to even go digital. We can't even do that with John Doe. Like, why would I listen to him for spiritual inspiration? I want God to show me where I'm going when he's ready. And if he's not ready to show me, I'm going to do everything I can right now with excellence because eventually he's going to show me. You're not going to know ahead how it's going to go. He wants you to step first. I won't even say it. Everybody, you step, I step, because he wants you to start going towards the promised land before he gives you the map. That is faith. Faith. I'm the guy who wants to get to the finish line without running the race. That is not faith. That is not faith. The only thing that makes the finish line worth anything is the stress and pain you went through to get there. Does it look fun when these runners have to defecate on themselves because they've been running for 18 hours? I, did I say that? Like, like, they'll do anything to get to that finish line. That's the truth. And that's for, for a medal. So what will you do for God no matter what? What will I do? How long will I run? No matter how dehydrated I get, no matter how withered I get, is someone got to pick me up off the ground and drag me to the finish line? If I believe God is waiting there for me, I'm going to do it.
I'm going to do it. Waiting is not do nothing. It's do the most with what you have with excellence while you wait on what's next. We owe God excellence. Oh, this is good. You owe yourself excellence. You owe your kids excellence. Fail, hashtag fail, right here. Sometimes I'm so excellent for God in the kingdom, I forget that I gotta be an excellent dad. Truth. But here's the thing I'm trying to tell you. Is there so many people I know that don't even are here today because they know God deserves excellence, but they forget they owe excellence to themselves. How can you not love this, the temple that God gave you? You know? And so, so we disqualify out of, the, out of the race of weight, out of excellence, because, because we're not good enough to ourselves. It's not about you. You owe yourself to be excellent. If God blessed you with air, you should be excellent in what you do today. Whatever it is, be excellent. Go for it. You owe it to yourself. When you treat yourself that way, your kids will follow. You don't have to even show them nothing because it just happens naturally. And when you, when you show that you don't value yourself to your kids, guess what they think? They become insecure too. And they become paranoid about things that came out of dad's mouth too. And you didn't know they heard you. And now they're thinking it for their own little 10-year-old minds. It goes both ways. What did James say, though? How do we do this when the waves are up here? I mean, when corona hit, the world was looking at waves. That was a big one to the world. What does he say? Stand firm. What does firm mean? I've got a footing on this thing. Because the Lord's coming is near. What does this mean in practical sense? Quit complaining is what it means. It means don't grumble, the Bible says. Do you know what the Bible says about grumbling and uh, talebearers? I can't even remember the word. That's a gossip. Do you know what the Bible says? He says, don't do that. How dare you use my name and then go do that, church people? No one here. We're the good church. I mean, did I say that? That's a joke, people. I don't really think bad of other churches. I love all people. Don't grumble. Well, that's grumbling. You know why they call it grumbling? Because it sounds like grumble, 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 grumble. Don't do that. I don't care if they told you it's okay because it was justified. The Bible says right here, his half-brother says, don't grumble. Who am I listening to? Grumbling George or James, the brother of Jesus? Well, I think I'm going to listen to James. He's got some history with the man. That's what wavers your footing. That's what wavers your foundation. Because, hello, HVAC, is that the heavens opening? We're still adjusting to the systems here. Grumbling creates tension in your walk, which starts affecting how you think about what you're doing. And now all of a sudden, you're starting to repeat doubt, and you're starting to doubt what God was so confidently putting in your heart. And now, now grumbling George came along, and now you're grumbling, grumbling Garrett. And you didn't even know it. Now all of a sudden, you're spewing the enemy's seed. Ooh, 
And then think about it like that. James also says, out of your heart can't be bitter and sweet. Like a spring that comes forward from your mouth. Out of, the, out of the mouth, you speak what's in your heart. And, and you can't be a bitter spring and a sweet, fulfilling, life-bearing spring. You're one or the other. So which will you be? Don't grumble, he says. It affects culture. Church culture, family culture, work culture. You get a little grumble. It just takes one little grumbling seed to start. Just as good as a mustard seed is for faith, just as good as a bad seed is for, for grumbling and wrecking culture. It's a, it's a domino effect. Well, they did this to me. I'm going to go tell everyone about it. And I'm not going to say they're bad. I'm just going to talk about it to everybody, and I'm going to plant some seed. Come on, somebody. Is that the body of Christ? Is that what James says? He says, don't do that. That's not the will of the Lord. But if it's good, this is the good part, and I'm okay with it. Somebody's going to do it. If it's really good, somebody's going to talk about it behind you. Not in front of you, but behind you. If it's really good and you're really doing good for God, it's going to annoy some people out there, and they're going to grumble because they're not used to a scenery change that you're shifting into their community that's for the greater good, that actually is there to bless them. I used to preach on gossip because it's just like one of my pet peeves. And now I'm used to it. And it always, the, the Bible says, um, basically I'm paraphrasing, too many translations flipping through over the years here. But basically, uh, if you do endure persecution, you are basically uh, doing the right thing. Like, when it's good truth, then you're going to get some hate on that. Because if it doesn't ruffle any feathers for good, then really, you're not really piercing any hearts. And until you stir something, you're not really stirring anything. So, so if it's really good and, and you endure persecution, rejoice is what the Bible says. Like, like, we laugh about it, right, Nate? Like, we laugh about it because it's funny now because it's the same pattern. It's been for four years. It's the same pattern, and so we see the help the person needs before they see it. And we want them to come, and we want to love on them, but they won't come near. They'll just keep trying to cast that from a distance. But the enemy's a liar to you. When you step past what he's trying to get you to not do, he will go silent. You know why? Because he's a phony. Jesus is the only truth way in life, and we know the enemy loses in the end. So the enemy will do the best to keep you from church. The enemy will do the best to get you to convince yourself why you shouldn't do it according to the scripture. The enemy will do his best to try to get you to stumble. He'll use your pride. The Bible talks about that. He says stumbling comes after someone is prideful. You get prideful, that's when you start hating the pastor. <laughs> you get prideful, you start hating your church. You get prideful, you start hating your boss at, at work. You get prideful, you start hating on everybody who hurt your pride. The Bible says, get rid of that. My pride is in Jesus. My hope is in Jesus. My strength is in Jesus. So all my confidence, therefore, is in Jesus. Therefore, I have to reduce myself to nothing, says Paul, to be fully saturated in the strength of Christ. Okay? 
I'm going to stand firm when they come at me with the grumbling. And when I stand firm, the tide will go down. The grumbling will get quiet because they know I mean business for Jesus. <laughs> I laugh at the devil. You learn to laugh at the devil after a while. What used to intimidate you, now you see is such a joke. Like, really? I have a Messiah who died on the cross and rose again, and you think that's going to bother me because I picked this color sweatshirt? Because I bought that thing? Because I look that way? Do with excellence. Stand firm. I will stand strong in due season. Watch this. James says in verse 11, as you know, as you know, he says, he says whoever I'm preaching to right now already knows what God did for Job, okay? He says, as you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered, talking about Job. You have heard of Job's perseverance. How many know who Job is? He had a pretty, pretty bad luck on the draw there, and God restored him. Back in the Old Testament, the book, of, the book of, it's Job, not Job. The book of Job. He's saying, look what God did for Job. And so you know now that you will persevere because you have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy, and that's how you're going to persevere. God prepared somebody today to tell you, he prepared this word to tell you, you will persevere because you were designed, just like Job, to get through it. Y'all awake? You don't have to wonder, can I? God says I already made you able. What are you afraid of? I laugh at the sight of confrontation. I laugh at the sight of the enemy's darts because I was designed to persevere if it's in the name of God. So that's my strength. The grace of God gave you legs to stand on and so stand on them firmly because you were made to persevere. James also says here, in four, seven, seven through eight real quick, he says, submit yourselves. Submit. You know when you click the button on the website? Submit. Are you sure? Yes. What does submission do? There's no take backs on this. When I send that credit card in and I hit that submit button, whoo, man, I didn't realize I put an extra zero on there. It fails the screen and says, you made a mistake. Are you sure? I'm sure and I'm submitting right now. So we do it with a website. What if we clicked for Jesus like that? You know, submitting is no take backs. I'm all in. He says, submit to yourselves. Back to the passage. Resist the devil. He will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will draw near to you. As we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. You step, I step. If I draw near to God, that pushes the devil further away. That's why we got to keep him close. Enemy runs off. He runs off. I want to, let's all stand real quick. I want to tell somebody today, somebody wants to quit. And I know that sounds generic, but it's true. Somebody wants to quit. And God says, don't quit. You are so close to what you asked for. 
keep doing what you're doing with excellence because I am about to break it open according to what you called me to do. But you got to wait and keep doing what I said. Keep doing what I said by waiting is doing what I said with excellence. You getting this? I'm not going to go home and sleep on my couch until the world gets rid of masks for five years. They're going to be around probably the rest of our life. So I got to go ahead and keep doing what God called me to do as I wait for the next thing with excellence. Because I was meant to persevere. Look at Job. Job did it. If Job can do it, I can do it. If Job can do it, look to your neighbor. Tell him, you can do it. And then go, really? Don't yell at them. I mean, you can, but they might slap you. (laughs) When we eat food, what do we do? We savor flavor. I'm savoring the moment. I'm savoring the season. Because if I don't ever taste nothing along the way, I don't know what's good. I got to absorb, taste, savor, and be committed. Because I'll tell you what, I got some goals that aren't there yet, but I got some goals that I've already reached, and now they're over, like four-year-olds. I got one still that can get there. My little Clo-Clo, I remember on her fourth birthday, I put on Facebook, she's last day being, or last day being three or whatever, and I thought, man, this is just going to like, I know they say it goes quick, but it's going to last a long time. And now she's 12. I just posted that. Didn't I post that last year? It was eight years ago. The journey goes quick. So quit looking at the finish line. Just get in your journey. That's where fulfillment is. Fulfillment is not the finished product. The fulfillment is through the process of the journey. I love the foam cups. We got foam cups hidden in the kitchenette. They're dumpy old cups that I used to have when I was a kid, and it's the cheap coffee. It's not the good stuff y'all get. And you know what I look forward to when I come here during the week is the foam cups. Why? Because that's what I had as a kid when I worked with my dad and my brother, and that means something to me now. When I hated it then, and I hated working there then, and I thought, ooh, I don't want to do this the rest of my life, and God, family businesses are horrible. Some of us have family businesses they work in. That's what I thought. And now I treasure it because it's over. It's over. And I treasure the foam cups. So find some foam cups this week and treasure what you got because it won't be foam forever and it won't be Folgers forever. Amen. God is so good. We're going to pray here. Y'all can bow your heads with me. And I encourage you to, to lift a hand with your head bowed, no one's looking at you. But, but we're submitting today. We're submitting today and by us lifting our hands as a sign of surrender. It's a sign of raising the flag. I'm raising the white flag that God, I no longer can do this alone. But God, I know that I was meant to endure. I know that I was meant to persevere. So God, we, we stand strong and firm in this season we're in. Every day is, is, is a special day at One Seed Church in our life. Every day is a special day with our children. Every day is a special moment with our spouse, with our neighbors, with our opportunities that are just floating 
around us like heaven's blessings always have been. God, we pray now we're going to recognize them, we're going to take advantage of them, and we're going to do all our things with excellence because that's what's going to take us into the next season you're going to bless us with. Take us into this week, God, strong and firm. Let us not waver. And if the house of God can say in Jesus' name, amen.